Good segue. Now spell segue. S-E-G-W-A-Y? W-U-E-Y. Oh, I spelled the product. Because <laughs> the second you said it, I spelled exactly what my mind saw, which was some douchebag rolling around on one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I never wrote a Segway, did you? No, I've never. Uh, yeah, there the used to be a Segway store. We used to, we lived close to where it used to be. And I always thought one day, it's like, today's the day I'm going to go in there and test drive a Segway. And I never did it. Now they're gone. And sometimes I sit at night and I cry thinking about that missed opportunity. Why? Maybe I was the world's greatest Segway driver. You have no idea. That that could have been my fate. You don't Segways know. are so dorky. Yeah, they, they are. They're so dorky. Yeah, they make guys on Vespas look cool. Yeah. Actually, fuck that. Vespa hate is stupid. Right? Vespas are actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to own a Vespa. I wouldn't mind owning a Vespa. I'd be zipping around the city just going to chow. Hello. Disney made a whole movie about it. Did they? Luca. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah their whole thing is about a Vespa. Yeah. I, when you said that, I started like going through like every Disney movie ever made, thinking about which one of them are about the Vespa. And then you, you pulled that one out. I was like, I was only in the 20s. I had not worked my way all the way up to modern day. So today, I said we were going to cover reboots, and that was a lie. Yeah, I I was going to say. I'm a dirty, filthy liar, and I'm very sorry. Because today, it is going to be the 40th episode of our show. Hell yeah. And we're not stopping. We're really excited. And we're going to do something that's a little bit different today. There's a lot of times when we watch movies and or TV shows, and an actor pops up, character actor, or like a, a star in a cameo, and we think like, Oh, man, like that guy could have been something. Or that guy was like the biggest guy in the world at one point. What happened? And then we always bring, you know, we play career retrospective. We used to go to IMDb. I think now I prefer Wikipedia because I'm not bombarded by fucking ads. And, you know, we just kind of go down the list and we sort of, you know, talk and we make jokes about the movies and the decisions and everything that led to that. And I wanted to share that experience with all you guys. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty funny, but it may be the worst episode we've ever done. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be great. So today, we are talking about the greatest action star of the 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hell yeah. Yeah. He is a man, myth, a a legend. Yeah. I should have said 80s and 90s. He's both of our, like, if somebody, if he committed a horrible crime, like, he would be the guy that we, we would just be like, come here. Stay, stay with us. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hoard you. Yeah. Like, if Arnold was accused of killing his ex-wife. And a waiter who just happened to be at her house. <laughs> and he, he came to the door. He was like, you know, he's like, I need help. And I was like, all right, Arnold, get in. We got to hide you. <laughs> like there's the, I would do that for him, Tim Duncan. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I think I think that's it. I would have used to have said that about Brett Favre. Yeah, you would used to have done that about Brett Favre. But then he would have laughed at you from his ivory tower no built with shit. stolen welfare money. That piece of human shit. Right. <laughs> Brett Favre sucks. And it sucks, you know, when your, your heroes fucking do that to you. Luckily, Arnold, he's had some stumbles. He's had his issues. No man is perfect. I, I will say that about him right now. I know he's had issues, you know, groping women and things like that. That was one of the things I, he had, had issues with while he was in office, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So, but all in all, Arnold's, I think, always tried to be a good dude. And he's always given back to charities and things like that. I, I, <laughs> he's the kind of Republican I wish was a little bit more popular. You know, Arnold has a heart about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, he can be conservative, but I, I've always dug that about him, even that in this stage in his career. I still respect and like the man. So with that, we're going to cover some Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So you want to start us off? Yeah, he's a man that's uh, born in from Thal, Austria. His his mom was kind of like a housewife, and his dad was the police chief. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a horrible dude. Yes, yes. This is a long time I mean, Arnold's talked about this a lot. It sort of yeah. facts out there. When I was a kid, I got a chance to read um, his book when I was way too young to probably have read something like that. And he had a lot of stories about his dad just being a general dickhead, mm-hmm. you know, just being an abusive piece of crap. Like um, he thought that Arnold wasn't his real son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he you treated know, him like Arnold a, focused a lot of that anger and that rage, obviously, in, in the gym. bodybuilding. And, you know, Arnold started that at a pretty young age. It was a real funny story in that book. 14 or 15. Yeah, he was 14 years old. And he went to the gym for the first time, and he saw it, and he's like, oh, this is good. I'm going to be big, huge, and strong. So he lifted, and he lifted, and he lifted. He made his own weights. He lifted as hard as he could in that gym. And when he went home the next day, he couldn't move his body because he had gone to the 
physical end of exhaustion mm -hmm. after never having worked out. And he said he'd never been in such pain. The only thing he thought about is, I can master this. That's the one story I really remember from, from his book, other than his bragging about his enormous penis. Oh. <laughs> he did quite a bit in that book. But he had that drive and that will. And he literally became the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, you can, it's arguably, sure, go ahead. There's probably maybe somebody else you could say is the greatest bodybuilder ever. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is certainly in the category. They made a museum out of the house that he was born in. Yeah. In Austria. That is the kind of person that Arnold Schwarzenegger is. He's a lot like John Wayne. He's a very, very famous and a, and a movie star. I want to say that right now. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a movie star. He's not an actor. Yeah. That is a, a detriment to him, even though. He has had some nicer performances that we'll talk about as we move further along in the show. And even early on, even early on, you can be surprised that Arnold can still, you know, show a little something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, after successful bodybuilding, he made his way out to Hollywood. He always wanted to be an actor. I don't know why. <laughs> if you really think about it with his voice, he's just like, I will be an actor. Props to him to sticking with that dream. He moved to uh, California late. I think he was like 21 when he came to America. I do think at yeah, 21 or 22. He had a successful bricklaying business. Yes, yes, that's what he was. He was he bricklaid with other bodybuilders. Yeah, which I thought, like, man, what a hustle, right? You look at those guys and be like, well, shit, those guys can pick up some bricks, all right. Yeah, like you, yeah, only we can manage this, and get your workout in. You know, so that's a really good thing for bodybuilders to be doing. But uh, he stuck with it, and the, the first real performance that we got from him is Hercules in New York in 1970, I do believe. Yeah. So yeah, Hercules in New York is. Uh, have you seen that, by the way? No. I have only seen it the one time. Arnold is dubbed, and that's really all that needs to be said. It's kind of a wacky kind of movie. It's very dated. You would not guess from the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger would one day be one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Yeah. I and mean, there's not really a, a ton to say about it. You know, it just, it put Arnold on the map is all that it really accomplished. And and, and that's, that's about it. Let people know that he was somebody that could be in movies, and he has that kind of, he has a physique that is instantly memorable on screen, yet a charisma to him. He just had learned some English. Yeah. So his accent was still like the th probably the thickest that it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's ever like any clips or anything from that where he says anything or any recorded audio ever is surfaced, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sounded awful. Oh, you can find it. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I did not do the, the deep dive yeah. into Hercules in New York. Like I said, I, I had a chance to see it one time on DVD in college. A buddy of mine mentioned it and we watched it and we had a mildly amusing time. That's about it. So that's all it really achieves here is our, in our tale is that it gets us to, uh, you know, Arnold basically being on the screen. So after that, we have, you know, Stay Hungry, which is another film that only really kind of exists to kind of push Arnold and get him in a movie and just kind of be an actor. Like, that. that's really it. You know, it's not really anything notable. It's weird to think there might be an alternate world where Arnold Schwarzenegger would never have become like an action star and he would have been maybe an actor in comedies or something like that. That's right. He's This is the movie with Jeff Bridges, right? Yes, it is. And yeah. Sally Field. Yeah. Which I've never seen. I've seen this movie. I've never seen it. Okay, tell me about it. It's about a bodybuilding. That's that's about it. Oh, okay. I didn't. I, you just, I thought that was the middle of a sentence. So. No, yeah. he's, 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 a, he, he, he's like a special agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. The specialist agent. Yeah, he's a specialist agent. Okay. It is a movie that has middling success around the box office, but Arnold continues to work. You know, he has smaller parts, and basically, the, the movie that is worth talking about and exploring is 1982's Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, because that's his first box office success. And it's a massive success. You know, this is off a script from Oliver Stone, a heavily rewritten script by the time it actually gets to, to screen. I can only imagine what horrible things were in Oliver Stone's version of this movie. And it gets a little more sanitized when it gets there. But Arnold's a real presence in this movie. Like, you can't forget Arnold Schwarzenegger once you've seen Conan the Barbarian. Mm -hmm. you know, he's a he's bigger than big. You know, I mean, he looks larger than even, like, you draw a comic character at that time. Like, he really was that. And sure, he really struggled with, the, with his English and his acting, but his presence and charisma were more than enough to carry the movie. Yeah. And James Earl Jones. Yeah. And James, I, I think it's a, it's a solid genre. Genre flick. What's your favorite moment in Conan the Barbarian? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in forever. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really haven't. Uh, no, I guess the moment I wanted to talk about is the intro. When it shows, like, you know, he was a slave and they basically worked him every day. 
And he ended up becoming like the strongest man like in the world doing that until he was able to overthrow his captors. Like everything about that intro to that movie has stuck with me for years. It's like burned into my brain. So I have a real soft spot for it, you know. But I mean, that's about it right there. Arnold was on everybody's mind right now. So he was red hot at this point. This is where this is exactly what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. If you're an Austrian bodybuilder coming to Hollywood, you want to be playing somebody like that and making big time movies. Conan the Barbarian, by the way, for uh, technical guys out here who like to know the numbers, that budgeted $20 million and that made just around 80, I do believe, is the number. Box office numbers aren't as concrete back then. You know, there's a lot of studio mumbo jumbo to sort of say what what they made. So we'll go with the bigger number here. But either way, Conan the Barbarian was a big turn on investment. They got a very big profit out of this movie. And after that, we get Conan the Destroyer, which is a lot of what we just talked about. It's a sequel. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Yeah. If if you like the first movie, you'll find this one mildly entertaining. It's just, you know, diminishing value. It's not as cool. If it's like a lizard man at the end, I think. I hope that's not Red Sonja. But yeah, I, I think he fights him and he has to crack a bunch of mirrors and stuff like that to defeat him. It, like I said, it, it's decent fun if you like the first movie, yeah. but it, it's not that good. But uh, sadly, this one did not do as well at the box office. This movie was an $18 million budget, only brought around $31 million, So it just broke even. So the Conan, the, the, the Conan franchise is dead. Like mm-hmm. there's, That's all that you know Arnold had at that point, and it's completely gone. So that would be devastating to a young actor, right? Yeah. But that's not the way things turned out. Because he was making another movie at the time directed by James Cameron. Yeah, and James Cameron didn't even want him for the, this next movie. Yeah, no, we, we, got to, do, 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 we got to talk about it. Uh, this is uh, Terminator, which is one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to undersell Terminator or really oversell it. Like, it's legitimately one of the best science fiction pictures ever. I mean, you can make some arguments or whatever, but, I mean, it's incredibly influential. And, yes, I'm aware Mr. Harlan Ellison is owed some credit I mean, James Cameron probably, you know, picked some ideas from old, star, you know, old Twilight Zone episodes and things like that is basically what got him in a little bit of legal trouble. But either way, it comes together for one of the biggest hits of the year. Mm-hmm. Terminator makes Arnold Schwarzenegger a star. Like if he was, you know, kind of teetering before his decision to play the character, stealing the part away from one O.J. Simpson ends up making him the, the biggest star in the world. Yeah. Now, he's not quite at that level yet, but I mean, he really is red hot coming off of Terminator. And listen, like we know what Terminator is. We're going to talk about that like way later on. Yeah. Um, you know, because we're we have a lot to cover for a reboot show on Terminator. They won't let that franchise die, even though I think it's finally dead now. But man, you never know. You never. There's one like TV show around the corner, so you never know with that goddamn franchise. And anyway, Conan comes back again, and as I said, you know, the franchise should have been dead here. This was the spinoff film that he's only in a bit of. This is uh, Red Sony in 1985. And uh, this was a, a big flop. This was made around $18 million. I've also never seen this one. You've, I've seen it a couple times. I've probably mixed in a few memories of this movie with the other one. I've never sought it out. Uh, only made around $7 million domestic. So it lost money. That's not yeah. where you want to be. And this is uh, Bridget Nielsen, by the way, plays the lead role of, of, of Red Sonia. They almost rebooted this years ago with Robert Rodriguez directing. And I think Rose McGowan was going to be Red Sonia. Uh, but it never happened. So we don't have to cover it. You never have to see Red Sonja, and I don't recommend that you do. So with that, the Conan character is officially dead. His one side appearance there is is null and void. But it doesn't really matter. 1985 also gives us Commando. Now, first off, how do you feel about Commando? I love Commando. Yeah, Commando is pure 80s cheese. So good. It, it Like, when you watch The Simpsons and they do that uh, Rainier Wolfcastle parody, yeah. they're parodying Commando. Because Commando is all of those things, seriously. You know, it just, all the jokes, all the one-liners, all the cheese of it, you know, the obvious stuntman, you know, all those sorts of things. You know, he's just standing in the middle of a courtyard, just shooting everyone around him with no repercussions of any kind. It's a really fun movie. Mm -hmm. They they pet a deer together, him and his daughter. Yeah. To show you the softer side of regular American man, John Matrix, played by (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I wish one of us could do a decent Arnold impression, but we've tried it, and you don't want to hear it, guys. No. No, you don't want to hear it. So. Get to the chopper. <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> now I got to cancel the show. So, uh, Commando is, is a much lower uh, budget film, by the way. Uh, $9 million, and it comes out at $60 million bucks. So, Arnold is a proven commodity at the box office. That when people see this guy, they want to see him in a kick-ass action movie. That is one thing that is firmly established here by Commando. 
Yeah, I got I gotta love it. It's uh it's one of my dad's favorite movies. I think it's just a it's a great movie. Yeah, I think it's an incredibly fun B action movie. Mm-hmm. It's about as perfect as you could imagine like an eighties movie to be. It's it's incredibly light. It's so light. It's floating. There's nothing of any substance in the film. No. But it, it still is a really fun watch. There's a lot of guns and a lot of bullets and a lot of blood and a lot of death. Yeah. And and a lot of eating green berets for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really I'm gonna watch Commando right after this. Speaking of watching movies, in 1986, we get Raw Deal. And we watched Raw Deal because I don't think I'd ever seen it all the way through. I think I might have seen a few pieces here and there. I remembered him getting shit-faced in the movie and passing out and not being able to have sex. I remember that scene for some reason. And I don't think I ever saw any of the rest of the movie until this time. And and it's a, I think it's a decent. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's not... It you know it's it's got a lot of plot going on for a, a Schwarzenegger flick. It's very heady. Yeah, there's a lot of story, and maybe that's why Arnold wanted it to prove like I can be in a deeper movie. Because I'm sure critics were not kind to Commando, and we're kind to Commando because we're about that, you know. But yeah. I'm you know I'm sure Ebert did not give a good review. I did not get an Ebert review for every movie. I should have, but they they try to make it a little more serious here, and it's just not quite as fun. And that really takes away from it. that's the whole reason you're going to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So Raw Deal comes out and, you know, critics don't like it. Audiences a little cold. Made for $10 million, only brings in $16 million. Just really got lost uh, that summer when it came out. Came out uh, June 6th. Oh, by the way, Roger Ebert gives it one and a half stars. Good. To let you know, Roger Ebert did not like Raw Deal. The rest of America did not like Raw Deal. It bombed. So that wasn't great. That wasn't great. But it's mostly forgotten because it's this. you have a sandwich here of Commando and Predator. Predator. Now, we've covered Predator, Predator before. Do, 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 do. That is not the theme to Predator. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, made my own yeah, theme. Yeah, you made your own theme. I like it. So Predator's an $18 million movie. Makes $100. Makes $100 million. A massive hit. Critics like it. Uh, this is one of Arnold's better early performances. Yeah. He, I mean, this isn't Shakespeare, but he is fairly believable. Mm-hmm. And I really have to mention that because... Like in Raw Deal, he's playing like an American sheriff, you know, like that's the whole idea of like he's supposed to be a regular guy infiltrating the mob. And I was like, so you're trying to tell me this gigantic Austrian bodybuilder is the guy you chose for the undercover operation to enter the mob. The most recognizable motherfucker there could possibly be. Yeah. But in in this, it, it works a lot better. You know, there's still some of the Arnold cheese with those puns and everything like that. But this is... Weirdly, again, one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. <laughs> it really is a, a true classic of the genre. A, a great monster movie, uh, a great science fiction movie, a great action movie all rolled into one. Uh, this is uh, McTiernan, and he gets a really great performance on Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point in his career. And I, I love the movie. Big hit. He's a badass. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it just skyrockets from there. So, the next movie I know we're divisive on here in the room. The Running Man, 1987. Yeah. Arnold was not happy he didn't get a big tier director for this one. He'd worked with McTiernan, and he was like, I need guys like that. Because he'd worked with James Cameron, and he was like, no, 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 Like, Cameron knew. Like, I could see that Cameron was in charge. Yeah. And I could see that McTiernan was in charge. And those movies turned out great. He's like, I want that. And, like, he was trying to get bigger directors for uh, The Running Man, but didn't come together. He had a TV director. So Arnold was always unhappy with this movie. And I I think it's persisted a lot. It's based off a Stephen King book. Or Stephen King novella, I believe. And uh, it's not a, like that book at all from what I understand. So we, I didn't read it. So don't, I'm not reading that much Stephen King, guys. Yeah, it's just a cheesy-ass movie. I, it has a cheesy-ass premise. I just hate this movie. I've always enjoyed it. My dad and I have always laughed at the, at the monster, and the monsters, the bad guys and like their theme, American Gladiator yeah. style sort of stuff. Like that pro wrestling theatricality to it. I've always enjoyed that. So, I mean, I find the, the cheese in entertaining, but I, I will fully admit to you, I mean, it's not a good movie. I, yeah. I like it because it's bad. You know, and, and Arnold really stinks in it. Like, Arnold is not very good. Like, no. he takes a big step back from Predator. Like, you thought, like, hey, this guy can grow and become an actor. You would not know that. $27 million. And you can see there's a pretty big budget in this movie. Only makes a little under 40 So, you know, that's not a big return on investment. So, the next movie from Arnold is, you're going to have back-to-back Underperformances from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that is a, a unique thing to think about. That is in 1988 Red Heat. Him and the star pairing of Jim of, of James Belushi. Yeah. Movie's supposed to be a comedy. 
Yeah, it doesn't work. Arnold's playing a Russian. They don't have any chemistry. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, this movie, by the way, this uh, brought in around $40 million, around a $15 million picture, and not a real big hit. The thing about the chemistry really sticks out with this movie is not only does it have a pretty lame story and plot, but there is no real comedic chemistry. But the movie is completely overshadowed because Twins comes out just a little bit after this does. Mm -hmm. And Twins is one of the best comedies ever made. <laughs> and, right, man. And, and, and what, what's the, the key factor here? Arnold's really figured out, like, I need those guys who make really good movies. Yeah. If I, if I work with those guys, good things happen. And, you know, this, this you know, I, I know it seems easy, but, you know, when we do this a lot, we see a lot of actors are like, you should not have picked that project. Yeah. That was a bad idea. But Arnold Schwarzenegger taking a chance to do a comedy with a big-time director paid off big-time. Twins is fantastic. Him and Danny DeVito is iconic, even mm -hmm. today. They just have great chemistry. I mean, you just, the second they get paired together, it works. And you can tell that they work hard on some of the scenes where they do things together. Yeah. You know, they, they work together. Yeah, yeah. A lot. You really feel it. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it later, uh, a film where Arnold kind of has to improv with the cast and it really doesn't work at all. And here, just everything is so effortless with Danny DeVito. It really is. It's a big step up for Arnold Schwarzenegger in performances. It, it very much is. This is an $18 million picture. Makes $217 million in 1988 money. Yeah. That, it's a massive, massive hit. The Probably, I, I think, the, the second biggest movie of that year. Mm -hmm. Really, just a massive hit for Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the hits keep on coming. We're in the hot streak now. 1990, Total Recall. Total Recall. That's the name of the movie, all right. Yeah. I had to do a flare. Yeah. Total Recall. Remember it all. Wholesale. Yeah. So, Total Recall. Is one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. It's, I, don't, I don't know if it's quite that, but it's an incredibly good science fiction film. I would put it in like my top like 20 of science fiction movies. I, I really, really like this movie. I think it's Arnold's headiest movie. Yeah. But by a, a large margin. And I think it mostly comes together. And Arnold, once again, is like, okay, the guy who made Robocop, he's pretty good. <laughs> he may be, you know, I, I want to work with that guy. Like that guy showed like he knows what he's doing. So Arnold picks another good director, and it works out very well. They take a very strange story, put it all together nicely. The movie feels alien, very much so. And I think it's one of the distinctive things. We'll get into it later on we cover it in the show, because the reboot gets away from all the Mars stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the whole, what makes the movie. Puts it to, I mean, you really do feel like this is a strange alien world. And very rarely do, do science fiction films pull that off. And it's effortless on Total Recall. Great fucking movie, and it's a massive hit for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you remember seeing Total Recall? The original? Yes. Um, I think I saw it with you. I don't think I saw this movie until we, we started dating. So Total Recall comes out in 1990, and it comes out in the summer of that year. So that would make me seven. And my dad took me to go see violent rated R Total Recall. I was six, pardon me, I was six. Maya's age. Took me to go see that in the theater. Wow. I have a very clear and vivid memories vivid memories of this movie scorched into my mind. So I, I, I do really love Total Recall. I, I really do. So I want you to know like that. That's just, that's how things were different in the eighties or, or to, I guess the nineties in this case. But like I said, I, I saw that as a kid. I, I love this movie. $80 million budget makes $261 million. Another massive hit for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger continued the theme of trying to work with directors who were very talented Kindergarten Cop comes out mm -hmm. in 1990. I remember when the trailer hit for this, people thought, because the intro is Arnold looking tough and being a badass, you know, like how the movie starts. And people thought like, oh, this is the the trailer for Predator 2. Like I could hear people in the audience thinking that and it ends up being Kindergarten Cop. And Kindergarten Cop is another fantastic comedy. I don't think it works quite as well as Twins, but it's very funny. Yeah. Ivan Reitman getting those kids with Schwarzenegger and seeing that Schwarzenegger could play off kids real well, mm -hmm. which is like a good kind of dad kind of character, made that whole thing work. It really did. Arnold trying to be tough with them, you know, and you having all the kids cry. I love that. Like, here's this big, tough guy. The kids start crying. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, threw fear on that man's face. 
I, it's such a fun movie, and it's another massive hit. Yeah, he's he's got real star power. Yeah, twenty six million dollars uh, $26 million budget, which is huge for a comedy back then, but it makes $202 million, so completely worth it. Like I said, that was Ivan Reitman he was teamed up with again. And really, you know, he does play well off a whole cast there. I want to mention Pen- Pen- Penelope Ann Miller is the reason, by the way, we, we say Penelope. 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 That one small reference from, from Broken Yeah. Movie all those years. And that's why Penelope Ann Miller. Miller. The fuck kind of name is Penelope? So, yeah. Total Recall. I mean, pardon me, Kindergarten Cop. The hot streak is going. And then we have the absolute peak. Another installment in one of the greatest science fiction films ever made. He made so much money off this movie. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. It's like, what can you say? Like, it's a perfect movie. It, it really is. It, it's... It's got everything. It does. Yeah, it does. It's 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 great. It's great. It, I mean, there's... That's why it's going to be tough to cover this movie when we cover it. You know, and that's why I want to watch it fresh and... And like, like, really, like, like, stare at it, like, get, get, it, like, look at Terminator again with fresh eyes, Terminator Two, because I mean, it, it really is an amazing movie. It truly is. I, I love this movie. Everybody loved this movie. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere in the monoculture back then. Everything was about T two. It really was for the year of 1992, 91. Uh, um, do you have the box office numbers? I do. Yes. So this was a $102 million movie. James Cameron flexing his weight around. We forgot to mention that Mr. James Cameron, of course, returns. Arnold Schwarzenegger realizing that is the way to go. The strategy is still working out very well. Makes $520 million. One of the most successful financial films of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. And by the way, the movie's long, and it made a lot of money. You know, people always say you can't make money with long movies. Now we know that's different with things like Endgame. Everything's long now. <clears throat> yeah. Like Lord of the Rings was the first movie to really disprove that. And I always say, like, well, it's because they were really good movies. <laughs> people really, a lot of people had read those books and were like, I'd be curious about it. It was a great adaptation, so they went. Everybody went to go see T2. It was fantastic. And then so it begins. You can't stay on top forever, right? Yeah. So a movie that I enjoy, Last Action Hero in 1993. So Last Action Hero is obviously a misfire for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Straight off right now, the budget is massive, $85 million, makes $137 million total worldwide. You know, you know, you don't make a near $100 million movie to break even. And they, mm-hmm. they, they make a little profit here, but you make them to make a lot of money. The movie was really panned by critics, and like I said, it, it didn't set the box office on fire. It's not very good. No, Arnold is miscast in this movie. I talk about this all the time. If this was Bruce Willis in this part, it's probably a really good movie. Maybe. Yeah, because he can hit those quips that Arnold just can't. That's not what Arnold is known for. Yeah, I mean, he does land a few of them, but, like, I mean, it's something like a role like this is something Bruce Willis could do in his sleep. You know, and it would have been probably a a better flick. You know, the movie has some real issues with tone, you know, because they have, like, the fantasy theme, the real world, and stuff like that, so... That's another thing that sort of plagues it. It doesn't 100% work, even though I do really like some of the jokes. I, I mean, I really do. Yeah, but don't worry, because a little film called True Lies comes out in 1994. <clears throat> so we are back in the mega hit territory. Yeah. Last Action Hero, yes, that was unfortunate. It did make some money, and it eventually found some appreciation later on. A bit. It doesn't matter. True Lies is... <sighs> also... One of our favorite movies. Yeah, True Lies really is a, a real personal favorite. Absolutely. I, I love this movie, and it's very tough to get a hold of, by the way. It's out of print due to James Cameron being so goddamn busy. That's his whole deal is he wants to be able to remaster it himself, and he's too busy making avatars and billions of dollars with each one of them. So with that, we never get these movies sort of remastered on Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray. So... It's kind of a shame. I, I'm, I think we've been watching my DVD for the better part of 25 years now, but it, it doesn't matter because it's still an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, it's him and Jamie Lee Curtis. It, it's another time he's paired with somebody. And Jamie Lee Curtis, I just, I'm, I'm glad she won an Academy Award because she's an incredible actress. And the way she works off Arnold is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Their pairing is great. Both of them being able to land the tone of this action comedy just perfectly. It, it really just comes together. And I love the fact that James Cameron made comedy. Yeah. He's out of his wheelhouse. He did something different and it worked. There's a lot of directors I think wouldn't have the guts to try, even in their sort of genre, to try to kind of push out and do a movie that is poking fun at their genre. You know, 
For Christ's sake, Charlton Heston shows up in an eye patch in this movie. Yeah. I mean, this whole film was a joke. And it's a really damn good one. You know, the only thing would have been more absurd if he'd had two eye patches. Maybe three. Oh, my God. You're brilliant. <laughs> Prince, just making money. So this is a $120 million movie. Makes $380 million. Yeah. Big, big movie. Also, by the way, uh, Tom Arnold, uh, we wanted to mention that again. Tom Arnold, effortless with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, great chemistry. Effortless. Almost as good as him and Danny DeVito. I feel bad there wasn't another attempt to really put them in another big action movie together. I think that's a big missed opportunity. Mm. Yeah, to, to not to or not. have a True Lies 2. Yeah, yeah. And if you'd done a True Lies 2 like five or ten years later, you know, I think that would have been, I think would have been pretty good. Maybe they can bring it back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Still time. There's a reboot he right now. You can play it again. We, we, we can get to cover it because it's a reboot He's not old show. enough yet. Yeah, he can get there. Jamie Lee can still do it. Eliza Dushku's still acting. They Tom Arnold's the ba- not dead. The band all together. Yeah, Tom. Actually, Tom Arnold and Schwarzenegger like love each other. Like every time I look on social media, those guys like hanging out or something like that. Which I guess you're Tom Arnold. What else you got to do, right? Yeah. So anyway, a big hit movie. Massive. So there's now a little trouble in the house. He goes back to work with Ivan Reitman in 1994. And they team up for a comedy. Arnold takes another risk. And it doesn't really work out as well as he'd like. Uh, this is Junior. Paired up with Danny DeVito again. I like this movie. And yeah, I think this film is underrated. It's not as good as Twins. No. It's not as good as Twins. I, I think it's it's like a, a three out of five if you want to rate something. Yeah. it's It's got gives me some laughs and uh, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think Arnold's really trying in the movie. Like, like you know, when he's walking around as the big pregnant woman and the you know, and drag and everything like that. I think he's he's really selling out in that gag. He really is. Like when he's coming down the stairs and he's gossiping with the girls, he does a, oh, like a big thing. Like, it, it makes me laugh even now. And there's some, I think the movie does have some really good bits, but I don't think people want to see the toughest guy in action movies pregnant. Yeah. But that's the joke. Yeah. That's the joke. He was getting to know his feminine side. Yeah. And it worked. He wears nylons every night to bed. You don't know. You don't know. So, yeah, like I said, $60 million makes uh, 108 Not a flop, but once again, they expected much bigger returns out of it. After that, uh, not a movie that comes out in theaters, but I did want to talk about T2 3D, The Battle Across Time. That is a theme park ride. They got everybody back for it. Arnold, Edward Furlong... It's the true canonical sequel to that, and uh, you can actually check that out on YouTube. It's actually pretty cool. James Cameron did it, so testing out early 3D tech that would lay the foundation of Avatar. So in 1996, things are slowing down here for Arnold Schwarzenegger. We have Eraser. Yeah. This is a very generic action movie. It's very middle of the road. It's not bad. No. Matter of fact, I would compliment this movie as not having really any bad scenes. There's some bad CGI in it, but I think the movie is fairly entertaining. I haven't seen it in years, but what I do remember of it, it was very generic. Yeah, and I think Arnold is pretty solid here. He's working for Chuck Russell here, and he did, he had done uh, some of the, he'd done the blob and the mask. So this was a fairly capable director, and like I said, it's just a bit of a generic film. You know, and I think Arnold looked again to try to pick a guy, like, okay, this guy's made some, some hit movies. Like, he made The Mask, this guy knows what he's doing. Like I said, I don't think this movie's bad. Uh, America didn't either. It was about a $100 million flick. Made $245 bucks. That's a pretty damn good return. Yeah. So um, we'll have to cover it one day, by the way, so we won't talk about it. There's a, a lame, lazy cash grab reboot they did a few years ago. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. So after Eraser, things continue to get dicey. Now, granted, we love this movie, but this was an infamous, infamous dud. We watch it every year. Jingle all the way. Every year. I, this movie always sticks out of my mind for two reasons. One, because we watch all the time, every year. And then two is because Conan O'Brien, who I watched religiously around that time, and when I was that age, he had, I think it was Robert Smigel, was basically, they'd put a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on a TV screen, and they'd cut out the lips, and that's how he would do the impression. (laughs) And he put like a big piece of plastic on his teeth for the gap. And I always loved that no matter what, he would plug Jingle all the way. Even 10 years later down the line, he would still plug Jingle all the way. Hmm. And I love that running gag because for some reason I have a soft spot for this movie. But it, it was an infamous dud at the time. Yeah. It was a $75 million budget, which is huge for a comedy. That's massive. That's enormous budget. Well, it's not a... 
it's not the best movie. No, it's not good. This is a, a lousy film. But it's 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger, so we're gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's a two out of like we're doing out of five, which I don't know why I'm doing that now. I'd like to get. I'd like yeah, to give it. You're two, the one that hates yeah. ratings. I'm gonna give it two gritties out of five reboots. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I can't patent that. Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just below average. Is all I'd say. It's a fairly crummy comedy with a. I mean, not even any real high points except a couple of nice gags from Simbad, who he doesn't have really great chemistry with. No, he doesn't really find it. Things continue to get worse in 1997. He makes a bloated $25 million salary to appear in a ridiculous Mr. Freeze costume in Batman and Robin. Now, one day we'll cover Batman and Robin. You know, we'll cover all the Batman movies pretty much. You know that he rents the Mr. Freeze costume forever for a dollar a day? He does? Yeah. I did not know that. He really wanted that. No, it's a dollar a month. He really wanted that a costume. And they wouldn't give it to him for some sort of legal reason, I guess. Huh. So they, that's the deal that they that they have. And he has this costume still, but he just pays the money each month. Okay. Well, I'm glad he's able to hold on to the, the worst costume ever. Yeah. Does this thing look so silly? They make yeah. Arnold look like an idiot in this movie. They cover <laughs> him in like blue glitter paint to make him look iced. He's smoking cigars as someone who can't have any heat. It's stupid. I know it's supposed to be, but it goes way too far. It goes too far into trying to do camp to just be cringy and Yeah, boring. he tries to have all those one-liners that they stick him with. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's some puns in this movie, you know. It, I mean, it is it is what it is. I, I don't really care for the film. It, it's the Batman movie I'll, I'll watch the, the least amount of times. I, I don't like it. Uh, Batman and Robin, infamous dud, made for around $160 million. It does make $238 million, but... You know, I mean, this is a movie they expect to make three hundred to four hundred million dollars. You know, that was the whole point of it. You know, that's worldwide. These movies are bringing in big time, big time budgets. I mean, big time box office returns that were going up and up and up. And this movie was really flat, very flat. I think it was really done. It came out around like the same summer that we had Jurassic Park Two: Lost World. People were all about dinosaurs, not so much about Batman anymore. Yeah, the trend had gone gone its way. Then. uh Old Arnold gets old Arnie. He gets back to, I guess, his biblical roots. Yes, yes. Arnold, known for his preaching. <laughs> so yeah, we have we <laughs> we have end of days. We have end of days. I don't have a sauce off for end of days. This is a crummy movie. Yeah, it's a crummy movie. It's really, it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, I'd never say like bad. Crummy, I think, is a better way to put it. No, it's bad. Things almost come together in it at times, and Arnold isn't the isn't really the actor for this kind of part. You know, he's trying to play a father who's lost his kids, mm-hmm. he's lost his whole family, and you know, he's burnt out. He's a burnt out cop who's a drunk. You know, he's a kind of cliche character. He adds nothing to that. You know, archetype. At all. No. Arnold's version is completely forgettable. He has a few nice moments where he's trying to act, but it doesn't come together. This was directed by Peter Hyams, by the way, who I wanted to point out. We'll deal with him a little bit because he, he's going to direct some sort of infamous movies. But he uh, he directed Time Cop. He directed uh, Outland. Not Outlander, but Outland, which we have to cover later on because that's just a, a remake of High Noon. But he wasn't exactly the world's greatest director. And Arnold had some issues with him. You know, he wanted to make a darker horror movie, and Arnold was like, let's light this thing up! And they had some issues and some clashes, and I think Arnold sort of, you know, trusted that darker vision for a bit, and it doesn't really help this movie. You know, Arnold fighting a demon, it wasn't something that audiences really wanted. It's not a very good movie, you know, without the good reviews there, it didn't come together. This is after a two-year break, by the way, in 1999. Mm -hmm. So this was like Arnold's comeback movie, and this could have been the one that really could have steadied him. So if I think if he'd had a better director, or if he'd picked a better project, then you know maybe he's maybe the, his later career could have taken a better turn here. Because as I say that this is a hundred million dollar movie, it does end up making two hundred twelve million dollars. So it's not an outright flop, but people are expecting you know you know you spend a hundred million dollars, you want to do more than double that. Yeah. And you know to not do that is 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 interesting. You know a lot of movies this time were getting those box office numbers to go up, and Arnold's were just a little flat, especially for when he's still making twenty million dollars a movie. So then, not making $20 million a movie, we have The Sixth Day, 
And this is one of the first times Arnold kind of plays like an old guy. This is uh, this is in the year two thousand. I've never seen this movie. You never seen the Sixth Day? Yeah. Oh my God! This uh, this like lived on cable for the longest time. Probably might still be on cable, but it, like FX and all those channels aired the shit out of this thing for like ten years. So I've seen the Sixth Day a ton of times. It's a fairly middling clone action picture. You know, a sci-fi flick. Hmm. There's a few nice moments. It's not a bad movie by any means. There's a few clever moments here and there. But, you know, it was a good performance from Michael Rooker. But uh, Arnold is a little bit more in his wheelhouse trying to play like an older guy in the movie. Like, I think he's playing somebody who just turns 50 or something like that. And I, I think that's a, a good turn for him. But, you know, it, it's it's not a, a great movie. So Arnold really needed something to sort of get the needle moving. And, you know, a middle-of-the-road movie wasn't going to do it. So The Sixth Day is made for $82 million, only brings in 96. So this wasn't good at all. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to see that kind of return for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. After that, in 2002, we get a movie that we we saw together in theater, by the way, and that is uh, Collateral Damage. And this movie was delayed because of Mm 9-11. It's about a terrorist attack. So the movie was held for a little bit. And because of that, you know, this is an $85 million movie. Uh, It it only makes uh, 78 so even when they released it, audiences weren't real hungry for that kind of movie. Uh, and I, I think that really hurt the returns on this one. So y- yeah, Arnold's you know star was declining at this time pretty rapidly, but that's another thing of bad luck that really worked against him is making a terrorist movie still in that post 9-11 environment. A year wasn't a short enough time to wait. Yeah. People, people held on 9-11 for a long time and didn't want to see kind of content about you know terrorists and things like that for a good while. And this movie sort of got caught up in that and it, it, didn't, it didn't work out. So Well, a lot of people did die. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, yeah. that, that that is the reason. Like I said, audience just 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 really weren't about it, you know. And also, it's okay. It's very okay. Yeah, that that's about it. It's a watchable Arnold movie, you know. But it, it's certainly not the most intelligent picture. If you're in a hotel room somewhere, yeah. and collateral damage comes on, yeah, you're, like, you're not going to be upset. Yeah, you're like, okay, I can watch this. I can, yeah, I can watch this. When when let's see, just, yeah, <laughs> like when's the baseball game over? Like or something. When's like forensic files come? Yeah, on? yeah, exactly. When you're <laughs> Let's see, Naked and Afraid comes on in 30 minutes. Yeah, I'll watch this piece of crap. It's okay. Like I said, didn't do that well Didn't do that well at the box office. But we go back to the franchises, and we get ourselves another big mega hit for Arnold Schwarzenegger. In the year of our Lord 2003, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Yeah. This is a pretty good installment. Yeah. When we cover Terminator, I'm going to like defend this movie. Because I don't think it's that bad at all. Considering what where they go, where they go, I think this was a good idea for a reboot. I mean, for, pardon me, for, well, for a sequel, pardon me. And I like the, I love the ending of the movie. Like you can't escape your fate. I really like that. And I think the movie has good action sequences. The bad guy could be better. That's probably my biggest complaint. Loken's fine. She's, I mean, Robert Patrick was a better unfeeling robot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very similar part and it was done better by him. So that that's the one that works against her. But, you know, her design is good enough, and I, I think the action sequences are big. I know Arnold threw down money himself to do a, a big chase scene with a crane. I think Arnold paid for that because they weren't going to be able to get the crane. He was like, I'll fucking pay for it. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. And threw down his own cash, and, you know, the, the, it worked out pretty well. This is a $187 million movie. supposed to be made for 160 and they went way over budget. But it made $433 million worldwide. People were still hungry for Terminator, which is why we got what we got. But this should have been the end of things for the franchise. Yeah. But it was what Arnold needed. Granted, James Cameron did not come back for this. This was directed by Jonathan Mostow, a, a fairly a fairly accomplished action director around the time. He never had like any what I call like massive movies or anything like that. Like he did a movie I like called Breakdown and U five seven one. Remember U five seven one? It was a, yeah. a a submarine movie. But th- that was that was about it. This would be his his best movie that he did. He did a, a crappy movie with Bruce Willis afterwards called Surrogates, where everybody goes into the Matrix except you have robots that wander around the world as you. Hmm. So you get to see Bruce Willis in a really bad hairpiece. So we get a pair of uh, little cameos here. I want to mention it. 2003, Arnold appears in one quick sequence in the rundown. This was sort of him passing the torch to the rock as an action star. Arnold entering a different point in his career. A lot of it's always built, actually. And then he has a fairly... A highlight in a really lousy movie, Around the World in 80 Days, he, he does play uh, Prince Hoppy, 
And he's just a guy who has a lot of wives. It's a fun performance from him, but it, it's a it's a horrible dud at the box office. Never Arnold's seen it. Arnold's in five minutes, so we'll have to cover it one day, and it's gonna suck. Yeah, it's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna suck. I did not like having to sit through this movie all those years ago. So after this, we get another cameo: The Expendables. Yeah. And why are we doing? Why why have we just seen mostly cameos? Because Arnold had the governorship. So in 2004, when he's in Around the World in 80 Days, he doesn't really come back on the screen until 2010 in The Expendables. Yeah. That's a pretty big gap. Now, like I said, he he was the governor for some time. Things didn't really go well for him. You know, he only got one term there. And, you know, California's a tough state to run. He so. got two terms. Oh, he did? Yeah. I thought he just got the one term. No. Oh, he served two terms. Yeah. He so, actually uh, got the same amount of votes the first as the first term. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, he always wanted to go into politics, but, you know, he just stopped there in California. He wasn't able to do more. He, he did find himself in some scandals. As his uh, career waited on, SNL tore into him for his groping scandals and things like that. Um, he had that report of, like, that love child that came out also around that time. Remember yeah, that? from his maid. Yeah, yeah. And then they, I remember, like, could the kid be his? And then they showed a picture of the kid. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Mexican Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, that kid, I was like, no, nah, that, that kid looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it is unmistakably his child. Arnold, like I said, wasn't working in movies. Expendables was kind of like getting all the old guys together movie, if you haven't seen that. Sylvester Stallone, uh, Jason Statham, Jet Li, you know, all these older action stars come together to, to basically make a movie together. Arnold's got a quick cameo in it. In 2012, he also appears in the sequel. He's in a larger part. And Arnold, uh, looking to make a return into acting. In 2013, 10 years ago, we get The Last Stand. And I like this movie. I do too. I like this movie. I, I think... I feel bad this movie isn't well-remembered. This was a $45 million budget, uh, barely makes any money at $48 million. Real shame, too. I think this is a pretty well-done uh, flick. This was uh, Kim Ji-Woon's American uh, debut here. Uh, this was his shot here. And honestly, I mean, I think he directs a really good movie. It just didn't hit. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. Uh, this this is one of Arnold's, certainly late Arnold, one of his better movies. And I think this would fit, uh, I mean, it works a lot better than something like a Raw Deal does. So, I mean, it's a better movie than, than The Sixth Day and almost anything we've talked about in the last few minutes. I, I really enjoy it. It's got a real fun cast, by the way. After that is Escape Plan, which I think is fun, but nothing really fantastic. That's the one where he's in jail. Yeah, he's he's in jail and Stallone is the guy That's who comes right. in. He's, he's trying to break out. Or Yeah, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I, 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 I don't it. think this one's bad at all. I, that's why, you know, at this point, I thought things are going pretty well for Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is a $54 million budget, and it brings $137 million. They end up making a whole bunch of sequels to this movie without Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, what it, you could do. Yeah, it, it, that's fine. Ar- Arnold was like the guest star in that movie. I forget. Oh, it's Batista, I think, in the second movie, mm. is who Stallone works with. That's fine. Batista's another giant action star, so that's exactly what the franchise should be. I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure they went on its diminishing returns on that value. But I, I do sort of like that movie. Now, a movie that I don't like in 2014, Sabotage. I don't think I've seen this movie. You have. We've watched it together. Have we? Yes, we, oh, okay. we've seen it. I uh, do that with movies that I don't like or don't care about. I forget that I've seen them. It's a decent movie about corrupt cops. They're like a SWAT team, I think. And basically, they've been stealing money from drug lords. And it's a whole crime about that. It is a, it's actually a, an adaptation of Agatha Christie's And Then There Was One. Hmm. At least so I believe. <laughs> but it was critically panned. $35 million budget, $22 million gross overall. This movie has one of the weirdest, like, tacked-on action endings I've ever seen. Ends in a really lousy, cheap-looking chase that neatly ties up the movie. And I mean neatly, because they shoot the bad guy. She comes out and immediately hits the trunk, which shows, like, the, the MacGuffin they've been looking for. And the movie ends in a neat, tidy bow. I was like, well, that was shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, a movie that was middle-of-the-road at best... When it gets a bad ending like that, I'd say you get to like a one-star kind of territory. This is a lousy flick. I don't really recommend checking it out. Even though it has a, a really good cast. Arnold's not very good in it, though. I will mention that. Expendables 3. He's in it. It's a movie. Yeah, moving yeah. on. Yeah, it, it it made money. But $214 million, so that's why they made those. $100 million budget. And then we have an odd independent movie, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not by a major production house. No, no, no. We've seen this movie. I think we saw it on Netflix. And it was Maggie's 2015. Yeah, Maggie is a drama. Mm-hmm. It's not an action movie. First time that that's really happened for Arnold in a while. So I think Arnold's pretty solid here. Arnold tries his hardest. Yeah, in this movie. he's trying to act. Yeah, and it mostly works. The movie doesn't. But Arnold, 
I think is very good. Abigail Breslin is very good. She's brilliant in this movie. Yeah. She's, oh, who plays his wife? It's uh, the woman from Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah. I can't think of her. Jolie Richardson. There you go. Jolie Richardson, uh, Vanessa Redgrave's daughter. Yeah, they, they all really work off each other very well. This is a nice little indie starring what used to be the biggest action star in the world. I recommend this movie. Anybody should really check this one out. Uh, this one got a very limited release. It was only a two, well, no, it was a $1.4 million movie, barely made 1.6. Mm-hmm. So they, they did turn a profit, but they've made a lot of money over time. It's a cool little movie, and it's, you know, it's one of Arnold's better performances. It's nice to see that over time he could grow as an actor. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying. Espe- to yeah, especially when pushed. <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> Next. That's a deep sigh. In, in, in 2015 as well. We get the return to the franchise again, uh, Terminator Genisys. I know that's Genesis, but it's spelled G-E-N-I-S-Y-S. So I've always Genisys. Said Genisys. Terminator Genesis, this has, this is a reboot. <laughs> we, we, we talked about this is a clear fucking reboot, even though it does have Arnold. Amelia Clark as the in, the in the Linda Hamilton part from the original Terminator and Jai Courtney playing the Michael Bine part from that film in this wibbly-wobbly time traveling version of Terminator. The sequels would get really, really bogged down in time travel, and that wasn't really the main no. element of those stories. And I've always found that very interesting when I, when I watch those you know those old movies, those old Terminator movies. It's like they're not really about time travel. Time travel. That's just how we get the robot here. Yeah. That's just the, the means to an end. But these other movies, they really focus on that time travel element. Terminator Three used it nicely with like the fate sort of echoing and him still having to take over the world. I mean, run the world's armies and stuff like that. A job he was ready for. Yeah. I, that was a good use of it. This movie is, is not the way to go. This is reboot hell is what yeah. this movie is. And we're going to have to cover it. Yeah, we will. So we'll suck. do a deep dive. So we'll, we'll break into it then. But this movie kills internationally. This was a $158 million budget. Makes $440 million. It is a terrible flop in the U.S., but kills in China and overseas. So they have to make something else at some point. So, But either way, this movie was a hit for Arnold Schwarzenegger, but fans did not like it. So it was a bit of a strange one. Now we have 2017's Aftermath, where he plays Roman. Yes, this is a, a drama about a plane crash. Yeah. And the aftermath of that, that's the title. This is another acting performance from Arnold Schwarzenegger in a drama. This isn't as good as Maggie. Right off the bat, we'll, we'll just go right there. Arnold struggles at yeah. times in this movie. I, at least this movie has a decency to be short. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it, it pains me to watch like Arnold struggle in this movie. It sucks. It's not a particularly bad movie, but you know this wasn't really the role for Arnold, and it kind of shows. It does. I don't. I don't think this movie really works at all. This was a ten million dollar flick, by the way. Made six hundred seventy four thousand dollars. I don't think it got a real release. <laughs> I don't think it got a real release. So yeah, we can't even count it. <sighs> so we're a long way from the glory days here. In twenty seventeen, we get Killing Gunther. This is written directed by Taron Killiam a guy you forgot was ever on SNL. It's not very funny. Arnold is really game for this comedy, though. He's way over the top. It's like cigar-chomping Arnold. Like, really. And he's a lot of fun in this movie, but it just, at a 15-minute YouTube video, this would have been awesome. At a 90-minute movie, there's not enough to this concept to make it work. Hmm. And that's all it is. It's just an extended skit. Like I said, there are some very good jokes in the movie, but it it wears out its welcome. It doesn't go, it just goes on too long. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't remember seeing that movie. Yeah, I, I actually, I couldn't find any budget figures on it, but it didn't really get released. It only like $200,000, so it, it, that's, it's out there. I think it was pretty much straight to streaming instantly. Like I said, I think it's a fun Arnold movie, but I mean, it's a mid, I mean, it's a poor comedy, so you're not going to have a great time. So with that, we get the his final installment in the Terminator franchise, and that's going to be Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Now, James Cameron returns to the franchise as a producer here. And he basically muscles his way in to putting Arnold back into this movie. And the director was pissed about it. The guy who made Deadpool, who directed this, he was really upset because he felt that really changed the tone of the movie and how things were going to go. He had his hand forced in this one. And Arnold plays the Terminator again, who is in a living arrangement, I guess, in this alternate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there's one point where he like lives with a woman, but they don't. <laughs> oh that's right yeah 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 he's just kind of like and his skin ages which makes sense that's fine i don't i don't have a plot hole issue with the fact that his skin 
and his flesh around him would age like a normal person. And that's whatever, I guess. Well, they got to cover that whole fact. I'm, yeah. I don't want to use CGI. It's whatever. Yeah. The other movie's dumb about it, too. But th- this is better, I suppose. And this is a better movie than the other one. But not by much. It's just not fantastic. It's more the same. There's a few nice twists and turns in it. But, you know, all in all, it's fairly underwhelming for another installment of the Terminator franchise. And this uh, pretty much kills the franchise dead. This is about a $200 million movie, only brings in around $261 million. Yikes. Yeah, you're looking for a lot more return on investment in that. With James Cameron coming back, they put really big money into it. There is some nice action in it, but, you know, it's just another Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. You know, another you know late Terminator flick. Nobody cared. And with that, we've really reached the end of Arnold Schwarzenegger's work. Yeah. And you can sort of see, like, that, that turn, you know, when it happened. You know, and it really got away from him in the late 90s. You know, once we hit end of days, like that was sort of that was sort of it for him. Besides, you know, flirtations with the Terminator franchise, and it, it lets you know, like, I mean, that that heyday period from the early '80s, pretty much all the way until 1999 of end of days, when I think we can officially, dec- or you could say '97 with Batman and Robin. That was the end of Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. being the biggest guy in the world. That was the last time he was going to make huge money to do a movie. He made 25 million for that. You know, you take that all the way from you know Terminator in '82. Yeah, that's a nice run, but you know, it does put in perspective guys like Tom Cruise who've had, you know, hits from the mid-80s all the way to now. Mm-hmm. Or The Rock, who's made hit movies from the late 90s all the way to a couple years ago. So, you know, th- those are really long careers as well. And it- it's a shame he didn't have a chance to age a little bit better because in that respect, one of his peers, who I know he was always sort of a competition with, was Sylvester Stallone, has really lapped him in the later part of his of, of later part of their careers. Yeah. Schwarzenegger's, uh, I'm sorry, Stallone's done a lot more meaningful work in the last 10 years than, than Arnold really has done. And that that's a bit of a shame, you know, and, and it's weird that people would say, you know, Stallone has the better physique at this point, medically enhanced or not or whatever. But either way, he looks great for a guy in his 70s. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it is a shame, like I said, he didn't have a, a great fall off into his 50s like a lot of other action stars have kind of found their way to. But, you know, it gets tough to do it when you get to this age. You know, like Keanu Reeves, it's amazing how well he's navigated this Oh, my God. People are so excited for John Wick 4 and everything like that. We're excited. More and more for all of this. It really is amazing, you know, what he's been able to do. And and like we just talked about with Tom Cruise, who I'm now making the case as the greatest movie star who ever lived, considering how long he's had hit after hit after hit and survived some scandals. How many Mission Impossible movies there are? Yeah. And I'm excited for the new ones. And he's a Scientologist. Yeah. Who gives a shit? crazy it is it's wild but he's a, he's a member of a the one of the biggest cults yeah yeah and it's no big deal <laughs> no big deal nobody cares yeah that's one of the fun things about hollywood but yeah that is the career res- retrospective arnold schwarzenegger we love him if you follow along with us you know the movies you know where it all fell apart i hope you enjoyed listening to this different kind of format for us something that we'll do every now and then we won't do it every 10 episodes but who knows when we'll pick it up again yeah we'll do you know who else we might pick up at this point but um you know i, I think i enjoyed doing this this was fun to kind of chat this out with everybody here i hope you guys enjoyed it yeah absolutely uh, so if you think that us covering arnold schwarzenegger was the biggest waste of your time you can let us know that in the way arnold schwarzenegger would choose to via email <laughs> <laughs> that's gritty reboot cast at gmail.com and you can let us know that we suck and that we shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Or also, you can let us know those fine things if you follow us at Gritty Reboot on Instagram or at TikTok. Hell yeah. You can also find me at Illusionist13 on Twitter. I'm barely there anymore, but I may respond to your message if you if you send one. And I will say uh, like and subscribe because that gets us out there. Yeah. Um, they can't. They can't. I can't like or subscribe. You got to rate. This is a podcast. Well, rate. We're not doing a YouTube video. Whatever. You got to you got please rate us. Please don't rate us lower for that infraction just now. <laughs> I beg of you now that you've made it to the end of the show. God damn it. Please rate us five stars. Ignore my wife's transgressions, Brayton. <laughs> no, please give us anything you can. Tell a friend about us. You know, call them up three in the morning. Be like, hey, I got a podcast you should listen to. And like, we haven't talked in years. Why are you bothering me? Just maybe don't go to that extreme, but. People can subscribe to our podcast. They can follow it. Well, yeah, they can't like it. They got to rate it. I meant the rate. They can't. The like part. They can't like it. They can't. Yeah, they can't like it. They might be able to on some some of the other platforms. Why are we still talking about that? <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> end of the show ever. I'm defending my position. <laughs> you're usually the one racing to get to dinner at this point. Like the second that Ebert music hits, you're like, fuck. 
<laughs> I was I was surprised. Like the second we hit, like the second we hit Terminator, Dark Fate, you didn't like. I'm out. It's like that Friday that your mom and what's that guy's name? Roland. Roland. Roland came over to cook dinner. Yeah. And I didn't know they were cooking on Friday. I thought we were gonna go out because they got in late. Yeah. And they were like gonna make fish, and I was like. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, I remember that look on your face. You were so upset. <laughs> You're like, no, I want food at this moment. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the show. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back to regular format next week when we're going to start a very long retrospective into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and its many, many reboots. We're going to be so tired of Yeah, we are going to be leather-faced out by the end of May. Yeah. We are, oh, God, we are going to hate that. All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you. 